Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor David Hall, Senior Pastor of LifePoint Church. For more information, visit our website on www.davidhall.com.au. Lord, we're hungry. God, we're expectant. Lord, we're believing that something good is going to happen in this house in the name of Jesus. Man, I feel like something good's going to happen in here. I don't know about you. You may be seated. You may be seated. Acts chapter 10. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Acts. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. It says this, have you got it? Acts 10.44, if you can't find it, it's just after Acts 10.43. It says this, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And the Gentiles who believed were astonished as many came with Peter because of the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues, magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anybody forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And then they asked him to stay a few days. It says here, while Peter was still speaking, if you have a, an old King James Bible, it says, while Peter yet Spake. Peter was speaking. Peter was doing exactly what I'm attempting to do right now, and that's preach the word of God. And the Bible says, while Peter was still preaching, in the middle of that message, the Bible says the Holy Spirit fell in that place. And what happened was God totally hijacked that meeting. Can I can I tell you, even before I start, I'm at a point in my life where I just want God to take over every single thing that I'm doing in my world. When I preach, when I'm driving my car, I don't know, when I'm cooking the barbecue, I don't know, whatever it is. I'm telling you right now, I'm believing that God, this conference, this is the word that God put in my spirit for tonight. I'm believing we're going to have a good old school Holy Ghost takeover. And uh, and that, that's, what I, that's what I want to preach on for just a few minutes, a Holy Ghost takeover. Somebody look at your name and say you're in for a Holy Ghost takeover. I was going to go, I was going to try and be a bit more contemporary and call it a Holy Spirit takeover, but I thought, you know what, we're going to go old school. I, I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost, man. I, I believe when the power of heaven comes and touches your life, you will never be the same again. Man, this is exciting. Hashtag boom. Yeah. Exactly. But I had two of those, the wheels fell off last Tuesday, so pray for me. But here's the thing. We read this passage and go, that's great. The Holy Spirit fell while Peter spoke. But I've got to tell you, there is a whole lot that started happening before that moment. We've got to wind back to the beginning of that chapter. There's a man by the name of Cornelius who was the... uh, a centurion in the Italian regiment. He He was a... He was a big deal. He had 150 soldiers under him uh, that, that, would, that would kill for him, that would do whatever he told them to do. He was a man of authority. He was a man of influence. And the Bible says that Cornelius was a devout man. So he had a heart after God, but he had never come into relationship with Jesus Christ. And, 
And the Bible also says he was a generous man. The Bible says that he was a good man and he was searching for God, but hadn't yet come into a relationship with Jesus. And, and so what happens is he has a, a heavenly visitation and the word of God comes to him and says, send some of your servants to the city of Joppa, uh, of Joppa, which is now Jaffa in Israel. He says, send some of your servants to that house and look for a man named Peter. He's staying at the home of a guy called Simon the Tanner. And he said, send them there. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that 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 he will show you or he will tell you what you ought to do. And so they, they, said, they he, he gets that word from God. Now, at the same time, Peter has a visitation from heaven. The Bible says that he was taken into a trance. So if you're from South Australia, a trance. Now, I don't really know the difference, but what I do know is that he was taken into a space where, where God touched his life and the supernatural power of God visited him and changed him forever and forever. Just before I go any further, I want to tell you that the things of the Spirit, the, the things of a God encounter, that, that supernatural moment where God comes into your world and touches your life is not just something that was good enough for our mum and dad or, or good enough for some people in the Word of God. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead 2,000 years ago is available to you and I right now. We can, we can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit just like Jesus did, and we should. And so we see here that Cornelius sends some servants to Peter but at the same time, the Holy Spirit comes upon Peter, takes him into a supernatural vision and says, there's going to be some people come and they're going to pursue you to bring, him, uh, bring the presence of Jesus to, to the non-Jewish world. This was a massive deal, what's about to happen here. This is one of the most historically significant things in, in, in the entirety of the Bible that the Gentiles, you and I, you and I good old-fashioned Gentiles, and they're going to have access to the kingdom of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and so the Bible says Peter uh, follows the leading of the Holy Spirit, goes over to this city. And you, you've got to imagine what the atmosphere was like in that home. It wasn't just Cornelius and a few servants. You had 150 Roman soldiers. You had his wife. You had his kids. And this is in Italy. You had the smell of linguine. I'm telling you, it was... It was on, man. And they're all gathered in this house. And, and the Bible says Peter starts to preach. Now, Peter was always a good preacher. Peter, Peter was a great communicator. I mean, you read in the book of Acts, he began to preach about the move of God and, and he was awesome. But I feel like here in Acts chapter 10, he was like a man possessed by the Holy Spirit. And he starts preaching. This is some of the stuff that he starts to say. He says, he says, God's no respecter of persons. I mean, we hear that all the time. He doesn't favour one and not the other. I mean, we're all important to God, whether you're in the, in, 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 the, in the top of your life's moments or in the toughest season, God's hand is for you like anybody else. He starts preaching this and he, he starts talking about that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He talks about how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. He, he starts pre And if that's not good enough, he starts talking about him healing and setting people free from the power of the enemy and how he was raised up 
up on a, on a, on a cross and how God raised him from the dead. And, and he begins to talk about how through his name, anyone who believes in him will, will have forgiveness of sin, man. He is preaching the gospel, man. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the cross. He's talking about the power of God. He's talking about healing. He's talking about deliverance. This is, he, he's in a house full of people that, 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 that didn't even know God. And, and can I tell you, the Bible says right here while Peter was speaking, the Holy Spirit fell. I'm telling you, this moment was a total God set up. You've got to understand that in your heart and in your life, there are moments where God sets things up. It's amazing how God, God didn't give Cornelius the full picture. He didn't give Peter the full picture. But he made, he made sure that he gave him enough that if one person obeyed, you could guarantee that God was setting something else up as well, that there would be a God moment. You know, sometimes God might ask you to do something little. He might ask you to give something up. He might ask you to lay something down or, or take a step of faith. And you might think it seems like such an insignificant thing. You might think it doesn't seem like too much, but what you've got to understand is when God tells you to do something, He's moving 50 other chess pieces around to get something to happen that's going to have a great impact for the glory of God. Are you with me right now? Pastor Mel, who's not there, but just pretend she is. Pastor Mel was sharing just before on the story of Abraham and Isaac. Isn't it amazing how Abraham obeys God? God says, take Isaac to the top of the mountain, kill him as God does. And so... He says, okay, I'll do it. Takes him up to the top of the mountain. And it's amazing how while they walked in obedience, at the same time, there was a sheep who gets to the top of Mount Moriah. Their lungs can't even function at that altitude. Fact. But God saw obedience and made sure he lined up another moment so there would be a time where obedience comes in contact with the miraculous. Can I say, in this, man, I feel excited about this. When God's, see, see, God told you to come to intensify, right? But He might not have told you this is going to happen or that's going to happen. And you might be here tonight going, I don't know why I'm here. Let me tell you, you just took the step that God told you to take. And you need to trust that He's got something else to happen. See, God doesn't tell you to take a thousand steps. He just says, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. You take one, He'll take 10,000. He'll reach into your heart and reach into your life. And change things in a moment of time. Oh man, I'm getting bumped. This is good news. This is good news. This is better than a poke in the eye with a wet stick by a Hoxton Park bus stop. Come on, is anyone happy to be in the house of God tonight? And so Peter is stuck in this God setup. He's now, he's now. In the middle of Italy, with the soundtrack to The Godfather playing in the background. Da 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 da. And I mean, they're, they're drinking their little lattes, their little espresso, they're eating their gnocchi, they're having a good time. And Peter's telling them about Jesus, man. Telling them about the power of God. And you know, some God was so pumped that this plan had started to work that he didn't even give Peter the chance to finish his message. Peter never got to do the older God. They never even got keys up. Or in that case, a piano accordion. <laughs> That's funny. Come on. <laughs> the Bible says, while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell. And these guys begin to speak in tongues, man. They're not, they, they, they didn't even feel goosebumps. They just skipped goosebumps. They're rubber gumboots, man. They're, they're going, hubba dubba ding ding. Look at the legs on that thing. They were gone. They were full of the Holy Ghost, man. 
should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia. It was a big mistake. It was bad advice. You got these Italians speaking in tongues. They're, I mean, I'm telling you right now, they got the whole thing. The power of God hit them. Then they're going, we should baptise them. They get baptised in water, baptised in the Holy Spirit. They get saved and suddenly the gospel is now not only available to the Jewish people, but to all of mankind, whosoever will, that names the name of Jesus. How did it happen? It was a God set up and then God took over. When there's, I, I want a Holy Ghost takeover in my church. I pray tonight the Holy Spirit just comes and moves in worship tonight. Just as we've got, I've, ne- I've never been in a room with people so loud on the first night of conference. You should be like this by Saturday night, not tonight. We should have been working hard to get you going. But can I tell you, you're in a church that's followed the leading of the Spirit. It's been involved in a God all week. God's been setting this thing up. As you got here, God was moving. There's a prayer meeting here last night. The power of God was moving in this place as people are praying. You say, you say, why, why are you telling me this? Because you're not just here by some mistake. You're here by a God set up. And I want you to shift your dish, man, to the frequency of faith, to the all things are possible network, whatever. Get under the spout where the glory comes out. Lift your faith to believe that God wants to touch your heart and touch your life so you can leave this place knowing greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. There, there, there was a Holy Ghost set up, but do you know, do you, there was a Holy Ghost takeover. They, they happened all through the Bible, you know. Paul in Acts chapter nine was on the road to Damascus. He was about to do bad things to good people. And the Bible says, a light shone from heaven and boom, he hits the ground, gets up blind. You know God's moving. When you come to a meeting with perfect vision and you leave blind, how was the meeting tonight? That was powerful. What happened? I can't see a thing. <laughs> I mean, the meeting was so powerful. Paul's encounter with God was so powerful that his name was Saul and God hit him so hard, the S fell off his name and God just put a P at the beginning of his name. It's very powerful. It's like going to Pastor Brendan after the meeting. Hey, Brendan, how was church? No, it's now Brendan. God's touched my life. I'm never, I'm never going to be the same again. What happened? God took over. It was a Holy Ghost takeover. It was a Holy Ghost takedown, man. He got him good. I mean, that guy was ready to do damage to the kingdom of God. And God thought, you know something? I feel a bit of a moment coming on. I feel like there is a divine God encounter. There are moments in the Word. See, can I tell you, I was raised by crazy, charismatic, nutty, Pentecostal parents who didn't fight in English. They fought in tongues. I mean, (laughs) they never slept. They levitated. I mean, that was a... If I was sick on a school day, Pastor John, I never got compassion. Not like your boys. You would have given them compassion and you would have, you, you, you would have anointed their fevered brow with a nice wet towel. Not, not in my house. They brought in enough oil to drown a kangaroo. I mean, it was, it was on like Donkey Kong. The doors had burst open and Dad had walked in. In the name of Jesus, you foul thing. Let the tangible anointing, glug, 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 glug. It was like oil boarding. I think it's illegal. Glug, 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 glug. The prayer was so violent. I'd go to school, black eye, thick lip, blood nose. 
but not one flu symptom. <laughs> I mean, it's all good for you. I was raised by crazy people. But they believed in the power of the Holy Spirit. When we faced trouble, they said, God, you're able. And we would see God interruptions. I remember Pastor Luke going to, with my dad to Pastor Reg Klimanox Church in Houston, Texas. And my dad's preaching and just preaching like this. And as he closes the meeting to do a salvation altar call, this woman runs out the front and she just starts dancing. She's like moving me. She had moves. She was whipping. She was nay-naying. I'm telling you right now. <coughs> That's so 2015. But bear with me. I'm struggling to keep up with pop culture. I still think Britney Spears is cool. <laughs> knock, knock. Britney Spears. Knock, knock. Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> Apologise for that. And so this woman comes forward and she's dancing. And this is during the salvation call. So you had the guy on keys playing the anointing music because you can't get saved without keys. And so he's playing keys. Apparently, it was a fairly exotic song. He's playing keys. And my dad says, sister, would you sit down? She says, no. He says, ma'am, would you please sit down? No. He says, ma'am, would you sit down? She said, I can't sit down. And she said, I was in an accident 24 years ago. I've been sitting in that wheelchair paralyzed since that moment. I can't sit down. And dad goes, dad goes, feel free to continue. And can I tell you something? That altar call was packed out with people getting saved. Why? Because the Holy Ghost took over that meeting, man. I want Him to take over my life. I want Him to take over my family. I want Him to take over my marriage. I want Him to take over my church because the Holy Spirit is a spirit of wisdom. He's a spirit of revelation. He's a spirit of God. He's a spirit of joy. Oh man, I'm getting excited. I feel like He's going to move in this place in about four minutes. Every one of you will be slain. Until the morning. I was talking to a lady the other day, pastor's wife. She said she'd never been slain in the spirit, but one time she felt like she needed to lie down to fit in with everyone else, but she fell asleep and she was out for four hours and her husband woke her up because she was snoring. Isn't that awesome? You're allowed to do that here. It's not encouraged, but it's allowed. Acts chapter 16. We know a story, Paul and Silas cast a demon out of this girl, you know. And, and so they, they lock him up and put him in jail. And the Bible says it was at midnight and they're locked up in stocks and chained to other prisoners. Now, it's interesting that the Bible says that they started singing hymns. We think of hymns as, great is thy faithfulness or... And can it be that I should gain? Or it is well with my soul. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Tiny kangaroo down sport. <laughs> Wrecking ball. And God save the queen. Can I tell you, a hymn is not an old song with verse, chorus, verse, chorus. A hymn means a song sung to God. So, so when you sing a hymn, 
And, and let me tell you, all, all kinds of worship, some people say all songs should be sung to God. Some songs aren't like that. Some songs are a declaration of faith. Some are a proclamation of praise where you're just declaring how good God is and making it known throughout the world that Jesus is alive. But some songs are, Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, you're all I need. Jesus, you're King of Kings. And, and you're talking to God. They were singing one of those songs. But here's the crazy thing. They're locked up in stocks. They had their hands bound, their feet bound. They probably even had their neck bound. But do you know the crazy thing? There was two things that the jailers forgot to lock up. They couldn't lock up their mouth and they couldn't lock up their breath. And the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise God. And so they still had breath and they still had the power to speak. And so they had enough power to declare the Word of God. And let me tell you, the Bible says, suddenly there was an earthquake. What happened? There's the Holy Ghost takeover. He took over that prison cell and every chain of every prisoner fell off. Not just theirs, but the people that were there as well. Like the local cow thief, well, horse thief, gets set free. Why? Because they were in the right proximity to some praisers who knew God. I wonder if someone comes into church and they're bound up and they're sitting next to you, will they get free by your praise? I don't feel like I've got the option on a Sunday morning to walk into church and go, I don't feel like praising today. The Adelaide Crows got thumped by the Sydney Swans. Not that any of you would even care. You play a different code of football that I don't even understand, but I can tell you, whatever it is, there's always a reason why somebody doesn't want to praise God. But can I tell you, sometimes praise isn't about me. It's about that person on my row that's at the end of the line and they need somebody with a bit of faith in their spirit that'll say, come breath of God. And then there's a, a bit of a Holy Ghost something, something, you know. A little bit of something, something. Who am I to withhold the praise of God? I wanna I wanna show you something. I won't talk too much longer, but I want you to look at a psalm with me quickly in the book of Psalms. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I feel like something good's about to happen in the house. I feel a bit of banda. I feel a bit of, oh, when the saints go marching in. I'll tell you something, when the Spirit of God comes upon your life, you'll never be the same again when you're touched with the fire of God. Let's not be Christians that, that just look spiritual, you know? Yes, well, praise the Lord, I'm saved. I don't want to just look saved. I want to be radically transformed by the fire of God. So when I lay hands on people, something shifts in people's hearts and in people's lives in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, just snap your fingers or kick someone in the eye. It, psalm 91. I want you to have a look at this. Psalm 91. This is a psalm written by Moses. I don't quite know how that happened, but Moses wrote a couple of psalms. And this is one of them. It says this. I know, nimble, as sure-footed as a mountain goat, like a startled gazelle. Psalm 91 verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God and Him will I trust. Now I want to show you something. Moses is clearly writing here and I'm not a great student of the English language. I speak it fluently, but, I, but I, I'm not an English teacher and, and I'm sure people can talk about tense and whatever, but it's clear here that Moses is talking about God. He says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He says, I will say of the Lord. It's clear, clear that he's talking about God. And he, and he says, here's my refuge. My Surely he'll deliver me from the snare of the fowler. Stay with me. I'm just showing you something. Don't get too buried in the psalm. Just let me show you what I want to show you. 
From the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence, he shall cover you with his, his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness. You've got to watch out for that. Nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling for he shall give his angels. So we're still talking about God here. Charge over you to keep you in all your ways in their hands. They shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. But something changes here in the Psalm. It says this, I don't know what happened, but Moses has now quit speaking. And God has hijacked this psalm. The Holy Spirit has taken over and no longer is Moses talking, God starts talking. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I, God talking, will set him on high because he has known my name, the name of Jesus. He shall call upon me, I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honour him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I don't know what happened, but Moses is having a moment with God where he's worshipping and declaring God's protection, God's grace, God's power, God's presence. And suddenly God's looking down and going, I can't take this anymore. I've got to get involved. And God just interrupts. We interrupt this psalm for a heavenly message. And he says, with long life, man, I'll satisfy you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to anoint you. Can I, can I tell you, we can live such a life that we are in such contact with the Holy Spirit. That he begins to speak to us. He begins to get involved in our stuff. He begins to minister in our world and in our heart and in our life in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want God to take over my stuff. I want God in my world. I don't want to just pastor a church and and God not be involved. I had a girl come up to me in New Zealand, in Auckland, in West Auckland. And I love New Zealand, the land of the long white cloud. And this girl comes up to me. This is my last story. So at the end of this story, a keyboard player would be very helpful, but not during. Otherwise, it won't be as funny. (laughs) This girl comes up to me after a meeting, Pastor Brennan, and she says, would you pray for me? And I prayed for hundreds of people. She said, would you pray for me? I said, sure. So I did like a pastoral prayer, you know, Father bless her in the name of Jesus and touch her, give her a good night in Jesus' name. Amen. And I went to walk off and she goes, was that it? (laughs) I was like, what do you mean was that it? She goes, was that it? I said, "What what do you mean was that it? She said, well, I came here with depression, anxiety, challenges in my family. My parents are about to divorce. They're both incredibly sick. And I came to you in faith, believing that God was going to do something. Was that it? I was like, no. It's just a practice. <laughs> just a practice. Just gotta, and I said, you've got to warm up, you know. Like, you just, it's like you've got to... Sometimes the third time... And you know, when she said that, it activated faith in my heart. 
And I thought, I better pray for this girl properly. She's come in faith. I can't pray. And I was, so I had to pray like, a, I didn't even pray like a Pentecostal. I prayed like a Pentecostal. I, I mean, I didn't pray charismatic. I prayed charismaniac. You know, I went, I went postal. I went crazy. I, I put my hand on her head. You know it's serious when you lay hands on someone's head. I mean, a shoulder's brotherly. A head, I mean, that's anointing. I mean, right. So I prayed like this. I'm, In the name of Jesus, let the fire of the Holy Ghost come upon her. Devil, get off her life. Be made whole by the power of God. And boom, she hits the ground. So I walked off. I was like, was that it? Give me a break. Was that it? That's it right there. Boom, boom. So we get in the car. You can play now. Just stop for one sec. Stop, stop, stop. I could say anything right now and you'd be like, maybe. Like, God loves you. You're like, yeah, possibly. Now you play. God loves you. You're like, that he does. That he does. So I get in the car on the way home from that meeting and the Spirit of God speaks to me, says, Dave. I'm like, yeah. He says, make sure the church you lead in Adelaide, make sure it's not the kind of church when people come needing something from heaven, that they leave and say, was that it? Let it be a church that meets needs, touches lives and touches hearts. My prayer tonight is that you don't leave and go, was that it? My prayer is that you leave going, I will never be the same again. Holy Spirit, take over. You know, when I talk about the Holy Spirit, I'm not not talking about Jesus. Not, Not talking about God the Father. But it's the Holy Spirit who Jesus sent who'll come alongside and help and touch you. And my prayer tonight is that people would experience His presence and power. And as the worship team make their way up, I'd love it if we could stand to our feet all across the house. I'd love it if we could lift our hands to the God of heaven and earth. Father, let Your power and presence, thanks Pastor John, fill this place. Lord, let the anointing of God, if you're hungry, just begin to press in. You're never going to be the same again. Never, ever be the same again. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Holy Spirit. And when God's power comes on you, something's going to give. And it may be just junk in your heart. It may be pain. It may be doubt or fear or whatever the case may be. But I pray in this room that the power of God will fill this house. Come on, let's raise our hands to God.